I want you all to imagine something with me right now. Really close your eyes and try to envision this. You're at the grocery store. You've just walked in through the automatic doors and you don't need a cart because you're only here for one thing, limes. You forgot the limes again, so now you're at the store and since you know it like the back of your hand, you head straight to the produce department Grab one of those plastic bags, or you don't, your choice. You pick one out, and then you head the check lane where some older woman in front of you has just finished paying. You toss your lime on the conveyor belt, and as the cashier is finishing up their conversation with that older woman, you're proactive, and you reach for your wallet, and then you take out your card so that you can just quickly pay and leave. With your head still down, you barely acknowledge the cashier as they greet you with the generic, Did you find everything okay? The machine beeps at you, telling you to remove your card. You reach to grab your bag, when the cashier holds your receipt out for you, and you make eye contact with them for the first time. Staring right back at you is a carbon copy of yourself. You in the store's uniform, your hair, your eyes, your height, you. What is your gut reaction? To run away in panic? To laugh it off and crack a joke about it? Or maybe, maybe you have more sinister intentions and you want their contact information so that you can orchestrate some kind of cruel prank or... God knows what else. Studies estimate that there is about a 1 in 135 chance that out there in the world somewhere is a doppelganger who looks almost identical to you. But some believe that when you do the math, that means that there's likely to be at least seven other individuals walking around the earth at this very moment who could easily pass as you. Some people speculate that when Canadian pop punk princess Avril Lavigne came face to face with her doppelganger, they made a secret lifelong pact, and this entire time, we have all been tricked into following and listening to an imposter. Crack Pops. Are you in? Let's crack the case. Welcome to Crack Pop. My name is Jacob Granado, pop culture obsessor, enthusiast, and commentator. Each week, I will bring you along with me through my research as I attempt to crack pop culture's darkest mysteries, conspiracies, and secrets. Today, 
We're following the conspiracy theory that argues that singer Avril Lavigne was cloned. And really quickly, I just wanted to thank our Crock-Pop listener, Aliyah Maciel, for suggesting this week's episode topic for us. Thank you so much, Aliyah. And if any of you guys have any suggestions of your own, please submit them on crackpopnetwork.com, and I will likely cover them in a future episode. So, without further ado, here is Aliyah's idea of an episode for you. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to tell you two things. Number one, um, we have been blessed and have not had a next-door neighbor. We live in an apartment complex, but we have not had a next-door neighbor for the last, like, two months. So I've been able to record in quiet and peace, and there's only one person who lives below us, so it's been pretty easy. But now we have a family living next door to us that just moved in this week, and they seem like a lovely family, honestly. But they have two young kids... So if you hear them screaming in the background, (laughs) that's them. So there's nothing I can do about that for the meantime. And second, I don't know if it's going to come off this way at all or not, but when I was writing this episode and researching everything, I kept getting so extremely distracted and sidetracked, not by anything externally, but literally with just how much goes on and has been going on with this conspiracy theory and also Avril Lavigne's life and her career. Like there's so much to unpack here. So I hope I can do it cohesively for you. And I also hope that nobody has forgotten Avril's impact and all the slayage that she brought to the early 2000s pop punk music scene. But in case you forgot and you need a refresher, I'm here to do that for you. Avril Ramona Levine was born September 27, 1984, a.k.a. a Libra, in Ontario, Canada, where she grew up as somewhat of a tomboy. Though she had taken an early interest in music, singing from the age of two and covering country songs at state fairs, She also spent her free time playing hockey in a boys' league and even winning MVP twice. In school, she was known as a troublemaker and was removed from class pretty often for misbehaving. And she's repeatedly stated that school was a source of insecurity for her in her life. And so if she wasn't going to find her identity or her tribe in school she would surely find them outside of it. During her high school years, Avril was naturally drawn to the small skateboarding crowd of her town, and maybe it was here that she started to rebuild her confidence and begin her drive to go against the grain and try and make it in the music scene. She won this radio contest in 1999 when she was just 15 years old to sing alongside country music legend Shania Twain in front of 20,000 people. And afterwards, speaking to Twain privately, Avril declared that she too was going to be a famous singer one day. And almost as if she manifested it, her own career as a singer would take off shortly after. In December of that same year, Avril was singing country covers at a Chapters bookstore in Ontario, Canada, 
when she was noticed by a talent scout who would ultimately become her first manager. And whatever potential he saw in her would prove to be right because when he sent off video recordings of her to different labels, they caught the attention of executives at Arista Records in New York, where Avril had been working on her debut material. So she got this chance, this one chance, one 15-minute audition for Arista Records in front of L.A. Reed, who was so impressed with her audition that he signed her on the spot for a deal worth $1.25 million dollars for two albums. And so Avril did what any of us would have done and dropped out of high school to pursue her music career and honestly, thank God she did. Avril and her team constructed this image of this homegrown, troublesome, teenage mall brat complete with her baggy pants and converse, her bold eye makeup and always a loose necktie over a wrinkled band tee. That became her image. And when her first single, Complicated, was released, it took Canada and the rest of the world by storm, and it peaked at number one in Australia and number two in the U.S., where it would ultimately become one of the decade's greatest hits. Not long after, Avril released her debut album, Let Go, in June 2002, which hit number one on the charts in the UK, Canada, and Australia with other huge singles like Skater Boy and I'm With You, which both saw huge successes as well. This debut album launched Avril Lavigne to international fame and helped her to become the best-selling female artist of 2002, getting nominated for eight Grammys and even snagging Best New Artist at the 2002 VMAs. Avril had undeniably one of the most successful debut eras of any modern music artist, and although she could have just stopped right there, having achieved some huge milestones that most artists never get the chance to, and at just 17 years old, by the way, but she didn't stop there. She has since released five more studio albums, selling more than 30 million singles and 40 million albums worldwide. And those albums have claimed other huge career-defining hits for her, like Girlfriend, What the Hell, and My Happy Ending. And I wish I could play these for you, but you know the rules. (laughs) Now, almost 20 years into her career, Avril continues to put out new music, and will go down in music history as one of the first artists to revolutionize punk music by fusing the genre with pop and reaching a huge worldwide audience. But there's another reason that you might have heard her name recently. A reason that every so often brings Avril temporarily back into the spotlight because... There are several conspiracy theorists who claim that Avril Lavigne might have actually been cloned. I know what you're probably thinking, but please let me explain. The story goes that shortly after Avril's hugely successful first album, 
The media rampage began as they were constantly surrounding and trying to control the budding new artist. Side note, is anybody else noticing a common theme in these episodes? The young female artist who is hounded by the press, Brittany, Amy Winehouse, now Avril, like, we need to reevaluate how we're letting them treat these young women. Anyways, the 17-year-old couldn't mentally or emotionally handle this stress. I mean, who could? So her team hired a body double, a lookalike named Melissa Vandella, to step in for Avril at certain occasions, like meet and greets, photo shoots, movie premieres, basically wherever the media was and Avril didn't want to be, that's where they sent Melissa to stand in and pretend to be her. And it worked. That is, until one concert a few years into her career. Avril takes the stage, and in between songs, she addresses the cheering crowd and shares with them that her grandfather had just passed away that very same day. She breaks down in tears, and as she begins to play her next song, she dedicates it to him, and then goes on with the rest of the show. I couldn't even imagine the weight that she must have felt at that time, and I don't know how anybody could pull off an entire show after getting news like that. And it wasn't like her grandfather was just an extended family member. She had stated in one interview that she had never been close to any of the people in her family, but that she was extremely close to her grandfather. So you can imagine the toll that losing somebody like him would take on somebody like Avril, somebody who was already under a ton of pressure with the industry and then with all the pressures that come with fame at a young age. We've covered some of those pressures in other episodes even. And this was the beginning of the end for Avril. Allegedly, she never fully accepted or coped with his passing and began sinking into a deep depression that would get so bad that it would ultimately lead her to commit suicide by hanging herself at her home in Canada. It's believed that her record label were actually the ones to find her body. Because she had been locked into a contract and was making the company a ton of money, they decided to cover up the whole ordeal and never let the details of her death leak to the public. So after they paid off her parents, they continued to release new music under Avril Lavigne's name, but by using Melissa. And ever since then, Melissa has stood in pretending to be Avril Lavigne when the real Avril has actually been dead this whole time. And these conspirators have some kind of convincing reasons to believe that the entire world has been deceived and has been worshipping this false idol. And I have compiled them here for you, in order from least to most convincing. Here is all the evidence you'll need to decide for yourself whether or not Avril Lavigne is who she really claims to be. Exhibit A Avril's handwriting has significantly changed. 
Handwriting samples have been taken from her earlier album booklets and compared to some more recent examples of her writing. And when you put the two side by side, they are not from the same person. There's photos of these handwriting samples on our blog at crackpopnetwork.com. You can analyze them for yourself, but it's difficult to believe that they are the same person's writing. This side-by-side comparison was first shared on Twitter by a user named at Private Leprip. And if you take a look at the first sample taken from earlier in her career, you'll quickly notice that her writing is three things. Bold, messy, and incursive. And when you compare it to the newer sample, which she shared herself on Twitter in 2017, it's more neat and concise, and I'm sorry, but basic. The writing is just normal. No messiness, no cursive. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, everyone's handwriting changes. With age, we do get better. Our handwriting becomes more legible. I completely agree. My writing has changed a lot since I was a kid, even since I was in middle and high school, but ask yourself, how much has your writing seriously changed since you were 18 years old? Probably not a whole lot, and that's how old Avril was when she began her career. It's not like this handwriting sample was taken from her as a child, she was legally an adult, and her penmanship can't have changed that drastically. Exhibit B. Melissa completely changed up Avril Lavigne's music and style. It's an understatement to say that most of Avril Lavigne's fans quickly caught on and were kind of thrown off guard when almost suddenly, the singer had stripped away her former punk identity and was becoming something entirely more... foreign. And I say foreign as kind of a joke because, literally, Avril was out here appropriating Japanese culture for her 2014 music video for her single, Hello Kitty. Yes, THE Hello Kitty. The music video received huge backlash from internet users for being so culturally insensitive and was even taken down from YouTube. One critic even said of the video, quote, Hello Kitty will make your eyes and ears bleed. I can't say that they were wrong. (laughs) This new Avril wasn't the mall punk that her fans had grown to love, and instead she was quickly becoming this sort of colorful, preppy pop star. And not only was Avril shifting musically, but her style was becoming unrecognizable as she began trading her tomboy, tie-sporting, and grungy look for a more put-together, glamorous beauty queen type who preferred wearing dresses. And some believe it was really because the person behind all of the music, all of the videos, and the entire creative direction was Melissa, not Avril. Maybe this was all just a case of reinvention. I mean, all of our favorite artists do it. They go through different eras, trying their hands at all kinds of different projects. And maybe she just missed the mark and the music just kind of sucked. Or maybe it really was Melissa getting her chance at the kind of music and career that she wanted. Exhibit C. 
Her vocal signature has changed over time. It's normal for artists who are 10, 25, or even 50 years into their music career to revisit their first songs and sing those hits for the rest of their lives. It's no different for Avril Lavigne, who still performs her first huge singles like Complicated and Skater Boy regularly, even though she's well into her 30s now. While one YouTuber actually made a video mapping out and analyzing Avril's vocals from live performances of her first singles from the early 2000s, and then contrasted them with her vocals of those same songs from more recent years. And the results? The two voices are incompatible. Is that because maybe they're two different voices? Something I noticed, and okay, I'm going to out myself here as a choir nerd, because I was in choir in high school and middle school, okay, whatever, it was cool, I don't regret it. I was a tenor too, even, to be exact, but anyways, I noticed two things, no shade, just observations. First, Avril's singing voice was better and less pitchy at the beginning of her career. Not that she's like not a good singer now or anything, but honestly, her live singing voice was just warmer and smoother, easier to listen to, <laughs> and she just had a lot more control over it early on in her career compared to now, which was honestly just kind of pitchy all around. And usually... Artists get better with time, with more experience and more help from vocal coaches, but not Avril. (laughs) And two, her voice was deeper back then. A lot deeper. Like, I've noticed when she covers some of her older material, she actually purposefully pitches the songs higher than they were originally recorded, which is kind of weird because female musicians usually have a higher voice when they're starting out, when they're younger. And then over the years... When they perform those old songs, they have to lower the key in order to to stay in tune. But again, not Avril, which is weird. I don't know. Maybe it's just a misunderstanding and her voice did just somehow become higher pitched with age. Or maybe it's because Melissa's singing voice is just higher and less controlled than Avril's. Exhibit D. There are distinct physical differences between Avril's and Melissa's appearances. This one takes seeing it to believe it. This whole imposter conspiracy theory actually first came to be because a Brazilian fan blog written entirely in Portuguese brought it to the public's attention in 2005. And one key element to their theory is all of the physical differences that they've mapped out between early Avril and the new Avril. From moles that seem to have just vanished from her arms to an entirely different nose shape and even differences in the natural shape of her eyes, the blog maps out all of these physical differences, even using measuring tools to show that the two young women in the pictures are not the same person. Around the same time that people believe Melissa actually took over Avril's career, her makeup seemed to just get more pronounced even, with thicker eyeliner and bolder eye shadow, which some fans believe 
was to hide the very distinctive change in Avril's new eye shape. Even her height has reportedly changed from being 5'1 in 2002 to being 5'0 today, which many argue at her age is impossible, and the height difference would only make sense if they were taken from two different individuals. Exhibit E. Avril did a photo shoot with the name Melissa written on her hand. During a photo shoot, the name Melissa is written very boldly and distinctively in Sharpie across the back of Avril Lavigne's hand. For no reason at all. I mean, I dug to find one. Any explanation from Avril or her team or why that name in particular and what it meant to her. But honestly, there's nothing on this at all. Nobody on either side seems to know exactly where or why or even when these photos were taken. Just that they are real and that Avril did pose for these pictures with Melissa in jet black sharpie across her hand. Unless it wasn't actually her in the photos. Maybe Melissa was getting tired of being nameless and anonymous and did this as a form of rebellion. Maybe we'll never know. And for our last, and what I would personally consider the strongest case for the Avril Lavigne is actually dead theory. Exhibit F. Melissa has left clues behind in her music regarding what really happened to Avril. I want to walk you through some of the biggest songs in Avril's career and the deeper meaning behind some of the lyrics of these popular songs that you might already be familiar with, which some believe map out the entire story of Avril and Melissa. Avril's second studio album, Under My Skin, was released in 2004, which is when supposedly Melissa had fully taken over. Theorists believe that Avril had written and recorded some of the material before her passing, but Melissa had to step in to finish the record by adding some songs and stories of her own, doing her best to mimic Avril's distinctive singing voice. One of the album's singles was a song called Nobody's Home. In the song, Avril sings, Open your eyes and look outside. Find the reasons why. You've been rejected and now you can't find what you left behind. She wants to go home, but nobody's home. It's where she lies, broken inside, with no place to go. She's losing her mind. She's fallen behind. She can't find her place. She's losing her faith. She's fallen from grace. Many insist that this song was just a glimpse into Avril's troubled and depressed mind that would ultimately lead her to take her own life. Another song on her sophomore album, and one of the biggest of her career, called Happy Ending, contains lyrics which some believe were actually penned by Melissa to describe Avril's suicide in gruesome detail. 
This song goes, let's talk this over. It's not like we're dead. Was it something I did? Was it something you said? Don't leave me hanging in a city so dead, held up so high on such a breakable thread. Fans have questioned the real meaning behind this dark tune, and honestly, it's one of the darkest of her entire career. And pair the breakable thread that she sings about with the rope that she supposedly used to end her life. And the last song that I want to draw your attention to is a song called Slipped Away. In this one, Avril sings, I miss you so bad. I don't forget you. It's so sad. I hope you can hear me. I remember it clearly. The day you slipped away was the day I found it won't be the same. While on the surface, the song might just sound like any other ballad about missing someone, others believe the song is Melissa reflecting on the day that they discovered her close friend Avril's apparent suicide and is calling out to her now and reminding her that without the real Avril there, their career would never be the same. And it never really was, was it? So, with all of the evidence that I have laid out for you so far, what do you think? Was Avril actually replaced by a double named Melissa who has just been pretending to be her this entire time? Here's my take on what I think is really going down behind this imposter theory. I think there are two possibilities here. Either Avril died and was replaced by a lookalike, or she's still alive. Scenario 1. Though she may have suffered from depression at an early age, Singer Avril Lavigne never took her own life and continues putting music out today. When I really sit back and think about this theory logically, it's a stretch for me to think that the real Avril died and that her family members and friends are just okay with pretending like she didn't and this imposter taking over her career. Like, like no, and it's almost too easy for me to go through almost all of the evidence and eliminate them one by one or at least raise some serious doubts about them. Like her handwriting, for example. Maybe she was trying to embody that grungy punk character at the beginning of her career and so she purposefully used messier cursive writing to be more punk? I don't know, but... There has been no, like, actual testimony from handwriting experts or anything, so I'm gonna have to throw this one out. Though, I do kind of think it's weird still for someone's writing to be completely opposite of what it was a decade prior. I don't know. And then with her music and style changing kind of for the worse, I think fans were kind of taken back by her sudden shift in music where she was more colorful and preppy and then, you know, making culturally insensitive music videos. 
And they had to believe that the only explanation for this was that somebody else had taken over and was only pretending to be Avril, rather than accepting that Avril was evolving and experimenting with her own music. So many people preferred the theory that she had died, which is kind of sad. And then when her vocal signature had significantly changed and wasn't compatible with her earlier singing voice, I guess I can attribute that to maybe just poor training. Again, no shade to Avril, but I don't know, maybe just her voice has somehow changed and is higher than it was at the beginning of her career, which I suspect is unlikely, but I guess definitely not impossible. But either way, this one isn't really that strong for me either. And then the song lyrics. You can twist them to fit any meaning that you want, but to her core, Avril is a true emo. She kind of invented emo. And they might seem sinister, like if you try and argue that her breakable thread refers to a hanging rope, when in reality, that metaphor is probably just referring to her fragile mental health at the time following her grandfather's death. So, I don't know about the lyrics either. All of these are just kind of falling apart for me. And lastly, all of the appearance changes, the new nose, the missing moles, the eye shape, even her jawline being different. This is Hollywood, okay? As much as we don't want to believe that our favorite celebrities fall victim to plastic surgery or just any kind of cosmetic work, the reality is a lot of the time, many or probably most celebrities do. And as opposite as this kind of person is to the punk skater girl rebel from her earlier years, maybe Avril ended up just becoming another puppet of Hollywood in the media. One last pretty major clue that leads me to believe that this theory is just all made up is that there's also no evidence anywhere online of anyone, any actress, any singer named Melissa Vandella. But again, I guess with how easy it is to change your name, this one might not hold that much weight. But don't think that I've forgotten about her truly bizarre photo shoot. Scenario 2. Canadian punk queen Avril Lavigne did in fact tragically commit suicide following her battle with depression after her first album and a body double stepped in to play her for the rest of her career. The one source of evidence that truly has no other explanation for me, other than that there was a secret pact made between Avril and Melissa, is the one photo shoot Avril did with Melissa's name on her freaking hand. There's no explanation. Nobody knows where this photo shoot happened, why that name was on her hand, or even what year the photos were taken. And that makes this theory really suspicious to me. I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. But if it is indeed nothing, then why hasn't she or her team come out and explained the meaning behind the shoot? That's all it would take to shut the rumors down. And it's not like she hasn't had the opportunity or hasn't heard about the rumors because she has, and trust me, she's actually kind of really bothered and annoyed by it. Several times, she has dismissed the conspiracy theory by saying things like, quote, 
It's just a dumb internet rumor, and I'm flabbergasted that people bought into it. Isn't that so weird? And then another time she said, quote, It's so dumb, and I look the exact same. On one hand, everyone is like, oh my god, you look the same. And on the other hand, people are like, oh my god, she died. People are just bored and need something to talk about. <laughs> I don't know, Miss Avril, that is just not gonna do it for me. Of course Avril, I'm sorry, Melissa would say that. But does she have any excuse for her new appearance, her changed style, etc.? No. Okay, it would be easy for her to shut the rumors down, like I said, once and for all, if they were fake. But she hasn't. And it's probably because she can't. And guys, get ready. We are going somewhere you probably didn't think you were going to go in this episode, and I had no idea I was going to go in my research, okay? Clearly she's not a clone, right? I mean, at least in my mind. There are some people who think that the government cloned her, I guess, to distract the public from real-life conflicts like war and stuff, but it's Avril Lavigne, okay? No shade, honestly. I feel like an Avril hater this entire episode. I swear I'm not, but wouldn't they, if they were going to use her for that reason, or somebody for that reason, clone somebody bigger than her? I don't know. That's kind of (laughs) dumb. So if Melissa is not Avril's actual clone, maybe she was hired as Avril's double, which is something that celebrities actually do all the time. Well, what do celebrities use body doubles for, you might ask? Good question. This kept me up till 2.30 the other night. Normally, doubles are actors who are brought in for things like movie sets, for scenes that are hard work or dangerous and require stunt doubles, or sometimes for the real actor's privacy during nude scenes in movies. And even stand-ins, when footage is being shot in a city like where you're not actually physically in and it's just like the back of you walking away or something, they use doubles for that too. Okay, those are the normal, typical reasons a double is cast. But it gets so much weirder. There are so many reports and stories of people using doubles for the strangest things. Apparently, celebrities like Rihanna and Kim K even hire body doubles to try on clothes and new looks and hairstyles for them so that they can see it on the doubles and decide if they themselves should go for it. And ever since her infamous robbery at gunpoint in Paris, Kim K has consistently used actresses pretending to be her to fake out the paparazzi, keeping her actual whereabouts a secret for hers and her family's safety. Some doubles even get hired to party. One celebrity impersonator of Zach Galifianakis's character from The Hangover was getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to party and do drugs with people in Las Vegas for like bachelor parties and stuff. But eventually he had to quit because of the toll that the drugs and alcohol were taking on his body. And then, in one of the strangest examples of all, and trust me, I could do a whole episode on this one, our very own First Lady Melania Trump has been accused of using a lookalike to represent her. 
One Twitter thread in 2017 detailed the regular use of this fake Melania and had the public convinced that the Melania behind her signature dark and oversized thick framed glasses wasn't always the same person. But why? Where was or is the real Melania Trump? But even some other musicians have been caught using doubles. For their own security purposes, musicians like Eminem, Michael Jackson, and Shakira have all been known to hire body doubles to play them when they have received death threats. More playfully, Ed Sheeran used a lookalike to pretend to be him at the unveiling of his wax figure at Madame Tussauds in Berlin, Germany. Because he wasn't able to attend, he sent the double named Nico Eckel instead in a limousine and everything, and it worked. Fans went nuts, and they were none the wiser that it wasn't actually Ed Sheeran. Then Hannah Montana was exposed as using a double in her live concerts during her Best of Both Worlds tour in 2008. Apparently, during one song towards the end of her set, people started noticing that the girl on stage wasn't actually Miley Cyrus, and so tabloids picked up the story and ran with it. Her team later admitted that for a brief two minutes of the show, a stand-in was actually used to pretend to be the singer so that she could complete a costume change since she was transitioning between Miley Cyrus and her alter ego, Hannah Montana. So, with how extremely commonplace it is for artists and celebrities to get away with using lookalikes to portray them, why couldn't Avril Lavigne have used a similar method by hiring Melissa? And why couldn't she still be using that double to this day? So, Crack Pops, what camp are you in? Are you in Camp A, where Avril Lavigne, after facing some personal tragedies early on in her career, continues to write and explore her artistry, sometimes missing the mark like any other recording artist? Or are you in Camp B? where Avril Lavigne took her own life after falling victim to her demons, and with the help of her record label and some cosmetic surgeons, the one entertaining us and leaving clues behind in her lyrics for us to decode has always been somebody else. Someone named Melissa. Thank you so much for listening. 
For pictures, videos, and source material for this episode, you can visit our website at crackpopnetwork.com, where you can also submit a mystery that you'd like me to cover in a future episode. For more content, feel free to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at crackpopnetwork. I will return with a brand new episode next Monday where together we will attempt to crack another pop culture mystery.